Thank you for tuning in to Product Forward. I'm Nathan Snow, and today we talk about how to do market segmentation, and you'll discover that we're still talking about pizza. Welcome to episode two of Product Forward, and we're actually going to kick this episode off with an apology. Um, For those that uh, have seen the website, the goal of Product Forward is to be on a monthly cadence. And while we released an episode really beginning of January, I ended up uh, traveling unexpectedly for most of January, all of February, and most of this month in March. So I ended up missing the February episode. But to make up for it, we're going to do a release of a couple of different episodes over the next couple of weeks here. So we'll make up for it before we get back to that regular monthly cadence. With that out of the way, in this episode, we're going to continue our conversation from last about target markets and market segmentation. And specifically, we're going to talk about two things. The first being how to actually do market segmentation and some approaches there. And the second really being how to use market segmentation to drive your roadmap and to drive the forward momentum of the product as a result of the segmentation. So let's jump right into how to do market segmentation. And while there's a lot of different ways of actually segmenting a market, um, we're really going to focus on the three most common ways that I've seen, and frankly, the three ways that uh, I've seen the most success and personally had the most success when it comes to actually segmenting a market for a product. The first is demographic-based segmentation. This is, like I said, really the most common uh, and the one that you'll see out in the market the most. And the idea of a demographic-based segmentation is it's really all about the characteristics of the prospect. So in a consumer-based business, those characteristics might look like something like age, it could be gender, it could be location, it could be the, uh, the income per household, things of that sort, right? That's the characteristics of a person. Uh, on the business-to-business side or enterprise side, it's going to be more about the company, right? In other words, it might be the number of employees, geographic location, um, it may be the you know, amount of revenue per year that that company uh, has potentials, you know, IT or, or departments as a whole, you know, things of that sort. But again, when you think about demographic-based segmentation, it's about the characteristics, right, or the attributes of the entity, person, or, or business that you're ultimately trying to segment. Now, as that one's pretty straightforward, we'll jump into the next one. And the next type of segmentation is really the benefit or problem segmentation, And the idea behind this is that you're trying to find prospects or you're trying to find audiences that all all share in the same kind of problems, right? The same kinds of pain points. And as a result, are looking for the kinds of benefits that you want to offer, right? And that's the idea behind that that problem-based segmentation. So if we use our pizza example from last episode um, as our example here, so let's say that our starting segment, so segment one, and we're just getting ready to launch a product into it, is focused on those folks that have a, a pizza desire, right? A pizza problem of wanting pepperoni and pineapple pizza. And why pineapple? It's because I like pineapples on my pizza. I don't know why. I like Hawaiian pizza. Something about the salt and the sweet, fl- the sweet, sweet uh, flavor together. It's just wonderful. So that's the segment we're starting with, right? It's our pineapple and our pepperoni segment. Because those are the kinds of, that's the kind of problem that people like me, right? They have. They're looking for the result, right? The benefit, that delicious pizza. So you're wanting to find people with that shared desire, right? That shared pineapple and pepperoni pizza uh, problem. But one thing that I would say is when you start looking at problems, you know, we're looking for problems in the right way, those pain points, what you might end up finding is 
that they're not just looking for pineapple and pepperoni, right? That it's really a sweet and savory sort of problem. And pineapple and pepperoni happens to be the first and easiest segment to ultimately target. And then one of the things that's important to consider too is that you can actually layer segmentation on top of each other, right? And demographics is the most commonly uh, used for this. So you might say, hey, you know, we're looking for families, you know, from a demographic standpoint, right? Families that make a certain amount of money or have a certain number of kids that are looking for a sweet and savory pizza problem, right? Or excuse me, that are, that have a sweet and savory pizza problem, that are looking for a sweet and savory pizza solution. So that's how you begin to layer, right? The idea of what's the problem and what are the demographics so we can further refine that segment to make sure that the audience that we're targeting is, is broad enough to be a good opportunity and a, and a valuable segment to target, but specific enough to know who we should actually chase down to try to sell this to. So lastly is our journey-based segmentation. And the idea behind the segmentation is you're still targeting folks that are looking for a particular problem to be solved. The difference though, when you think about overlaying the segmentation as we talked about before, is when they're looking at solving the problem, they're not just looking for a point solution. In fact, they're, they're on a journey as a whole. These tend to be more transformational oriented uh, you know, individuals or businesses in this case. And the goal of what they're looking for isn't just the answer for today, but in fact, the kind of segmentation you can apply is saying, okay, who are the individuals, depending on the product or the businesses, that don't just want that point solution today, but are looking to transform their business and thinking about what does that business look like two years from now, or depending on the segmentation, three years from now, or four years from now, or five years from now, and so on. And those kinds of prospects, right, those kinds of customers are often as a result more inclined, right, to look to the vision and buy into the vision of where you're trying to go, as opposed to just sort of looking at explicitly what's in place today, right? It tends to be almost more of a, of an early adopter if you think about crossing the chasm and the different segments that exist there, which we'll talk about at a different point. But that kind of segmentation tends to apply more to those that are more innovative and early adopter oriented, because they in fact have a vision of where do they want to go. So like I said before, well, we covered three types of segmentation. Ultimately, there are a number of different types, many different types. But there's still one thing I really want to hit home on, regardless of the kind of segmentation that you use. And that is, is there actually a market opportunity, a revenue opportunity in the market segment that you have defined, right? In other words, is there a buyer present in the market segment that you have defined? Let me give you an example uh, just to make sure that we're clear because it's super, super important that, uh, that we're all on the same page with this because if you don't get this point, then regardless of how you define the segments, you could end up being in big trouble because your segment may not hit. So we're going to continue using our pepperoni and pineapple pizza uh, as our example here. And I'll try to try to say that straight since it's a little bit of a tongue twister. So if we look at our market segment one, right? And from our example, let's just say that for argument's sake, pepperoni pizza alone isn't super popular or wouldn't be. And that for argument's sake, pepperoni and pineapple pizza would be the best segment one. So as we're thinking about that, right? And we're starting to slice our segments. If we said instead, hmm, you know what? We're going to make segment one just pepperoni pizza. And maybe the reason for that is the amount of time that we think we have. Maybe we have a, a preconceived notion about about the kind of product, right, or the kind of pizza that we want to ship or that we want to deliver, it could be a variety of reasons that could cause us to slice that segment a little bit too thin, which is really what we're talking about here, right? Thin being there's not enough revenue opportunity or it's not a clear enough segment of the market or not clear buyers. It could be a multitude of things. 
But for argument's sake, we're going to say, you know, we, we decided that segment one is going to be pepperoni only. And that means that, right, the pineapple piece, we've moved out to a second segment. So what's really happening here, right, is we're falsely identifying a segment, right? There's no real opportunity there. And this happens sometimes when, kind of like I alluded to before, you know, when we're in a time crunch or when we're trying to ship an MVP and we don't have enough time to make it a pepperoni and pineapple pizza sort of MVP, the reality is that the segment is what the segment is. In other words, it doesn't matter what you think it should be. The buyers and the market opportunity are what they are, regardless of the kind of product you think you can deliver and the timing you think you can deliver it in. So if your product doesn't meet the need of the segment, you can slice that segment as thin as you want, but it doesn't make it any better, right? It's much better to be realistic about the segment in front of you and to say, you know what? The best segment one is in fact the pepperoni and pineapple segment. And it may mean that we need to spend a little bit more time perfecting that product. But at the end of the day, what you're tackling is a stronger segment to build a stronger reputation, a better product and a much better business and faster growing business. And this is why it's so important to get the segmentation right. This is also why it's really important to understand just how the market segmentation strategy can inform the product roadmap, which is the second topic that we're going to jump into now. To describe it simply, your segmentation strategy should drive your roadmap because good market segmentation helps identify what it is that you need to do to grow your market share. And that's why part of why it is so important. So let's run through a quick illustration on how we apply our segmentation strategy to drive the roadmap. So in this case, we're going to say segment one is our pepperoni and pineapple segment. Segment two is our pepperoni and cheese segment. And segment three is a veggie segment. And really, just like a product, each of those segments requires a similar but very different ingredient, which means that we shouldn't attack all of them at once. If we attack them all at once, then really what we do is just a lousy job in all of them and we won't win the market, right? When we spread it like peanut butter, instead of making one really good sandwich, then we end up missing out right on dominating one of those segments at the failure of not doing great in all of them. What those segments do show us though, is what the best path to market share is. And as a result, it greatly, greatly informs what we prioritize. So if you're wondering how, let's jump into the age old product management conversation that happens with sales. And for the record, I'm not knocking sales at all. I'm not knocking product management on this. I'm more just going to share a conversation that, that commonly happens within an organization that's selling a product. In this situation, we're tackling segment one only, right? We've defined that at the outset. We, you know, we just launched into this segment and sales comes to us and says, hey, even though we're tackling segment one, which is a pepperoni and pineapple segment, they were trying to sell into segment two, right? Which had pepperoni and cheese. And in this case, they lost that opportunity. So they come back to us and they say, hey, you know, we really, in order to be able to sell more, need to be able to sell a pepperoni and cheese pizza in addition to our pepperoni and pineapple pizza, which is great. But because we have our strategy in place, it gives us the power from a product management standpoint, and frankly, an executive company-wide standpoint, to ruthlessly prioritize, which to be frank, every organization has to do, right? We have to make hard calls, but it's because of those hard calls that helps the actual business be set up for more success because we're focused, right, on the right thing. So this sets us up to have a really awesome conversation with sales and a really objective conversation with sales, specifically being able to focus on two things, right? The first being 
that we have a plan, right? Our segmentation plan, our roadmap shows that we're focusing on segment one. And this lets us do that ruthless prioritization, but in a way that lets sales know we're not ignoring them, that we are in fact listening to what they're telling us. So we're not, you know, high horsing or being an ivory tower from a product management standpoint. We are executing according to the plan that we laid out, right? And second is it also shows sales that not only are we listening, but their input is incredibly valuable because in fact, sales coming and saying, hey, we lost an opportunity. We wanted to chase the cheese opportunity and there was an opportunity there shows us that our second segment that's planned, right? That cheese and pepperoni segment is in fact, probably the right next segment to chase. And that's part of how the roadmap begins to build, right? As we say, okay, well, there's three segments that we're chasing. We're starting in segment one. And as we're continuing to get more information from sales, from the market, we can say, Ooh, you know what? Roadmap wise, the real next step should be adding cheese so we can have a pepperoni and cheese pizza products. And again, that's how the roadmap builds in a way that isn't sort of just general or feeling based or that sort of thing, but becomes very objective based on the facts of what's happening in the market and how you want to apply that to grow the business as a whole. All of this is why it's so important to start off focusing on your target market strategy, right? And your market segmentation, because ultimately when you do that right, it flows into the roadmap. It flows into ruthless prioritization. It really helps make sure that as a result, you can focus on dominating the market and growing your company instead of the whims of what different folks in the market or the organization or in product might say. And that's why it's just so important to get it right and why we spend a couple episodes here focusing on. With all that, thanks again for tuning in to Product Forward. If you have any questions or thoughts or want to drop me a line, head on over to productforward.fm and I'd love to hear from you.